Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, folks, I don't know what to say, but yesterday, here in my part of the country, or my part of the state, depending upon where you're listening, maybe in the same state or across the country, but since weather is suddenly deemed climate again, every time it rains and floods, tragic floods happen, or something, tornadoes or hurricanes... That's always, we say that it's climate change. It was 74, I think, was the high here yesterday, which is much below normal. So I guess we can officially say we are heading into an ice age. I don't know. I don't know how they play this game, but welcome to the program, my friends. I hope you had a great weekend. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Thoughts, questions, feedback, and as always, include the adoration and praise and it is good to be back here at it on this Monday. I want to start today by kind of going through there's a couple of things I want to hit on. But I want to go through a couple of things that um are important to understand as the battle lines are being drawn regarding Trump regarding the FBI raid, regarding the competing narratives about the raid, uh, regarding where we go from here, regarding presidential powers, regarding the Constitution, regarding the role of government. And I think there's some important things to acknowledge and discuss today. And so I want to start, I want to start by referencing a... Let's see. This is uh, where is Chris? I mean, where is Chris Wallace today? Is he at CNN still? I I don't even know if that's that's the case. But Chris Wallace, Chris Wallace uh, made an appearance somewhere. Actually, I think he was on MSNBC. I'm trying to find the clip here. Um, Chris Wallace made an appearance. No, it is on CNN with John Berman. And Brianna Kyler, K E I L A R. And he is he is trying to basically say, well, what he does outright say is that the FBI has conducted this raid, which I think he even questions the term raid. But he says that they conducted this raid by the book. <laughs> so I, I want I want to go through this because a lot of this stuff that they're trying to get away with the media first of, first of all I think sometimes they just don't know what they're talking about and I would put Chris Wallace I know I know he's a veteran I know he's been around this stuff for a long time but he's also been around it from inside inside the Beltway inside Washington D.C. you know rubbing elbows rubbing shoulders with people who are professional, well, deceivers in politics. They're people that live and breathe that stuff. 
And I think the only pause, I went to school in D.C. for one, just a semester. It was a part of a semester exchange program when I was at Butler University. I attended American University. I've talk, I talk about it from time to time. But we, I was actually, it's, it's in the northwest corner of D.C., technically in Washington, D.C., not, you know, not Maryland or Virginia, but technically in Washington, D.C., which by geography, by, by total land area, is very, very small on a map. And that's intentionally so, by the way. That's what the founders and framers of this country wanted, was not a government that was massive, massive bureaucratic state and so forth. They wanted a small capital um, where they could, of course, conduct legitimate federal government business, but not have anything that was remotely close to what we see today as far as the explosion of growth in uh, places in Maryland and, of course, in northern Virginia as well. So, but there's, there's a, it is a bubble. It is a bubble in Washington, D.C. It is, there is no, it's hard to, for common sense to, to get inside of that bubble. Remember, we're talking about a city that votes 90 plus percent for leftists, or at least for Democrats, and typically even worse than that, leftists. And so these are people that live and breathe things that you and I would never even, if they did cross our minds, we would say that is absolutely the wrong way to think about it. But I would dare say that wouldn't cross our minds in most in most circumstances. Um, these are folks, this is a power-hungry city. This is a, a city that has a... Uh, an unhealthy addiction to image and perception doesn't matter what truth is. It matters how they can spin it. Now that's of course, not what I think that's the world that they have tried to create and try to live within. That being said, that's where Chris Wallace, that's where he's reporting from. This is, this is the world that he, um, you know, lives within. So he comes on to CNN and defending the FBI now, I want you to listen to this exchange because there's a lot of things in this that are just for people who I think have a understanding and a respect for how this country was founded, the role of our government, the separation of powers. We certainly don't look at things this way. For those of us who understand that just the political implications of this or historical implications of this sort of stuff or the hypocrisy that exists when suddenly the narrative is that law enforcement may have done something questionable. Suddenly these reporters act like anybody that questions this is just beyond, just, just they totally need to be disregarded and, you know, just shamed maybe smacked around a little bit, metaphorically, of course. No, not metaphorically. They probably want to physically, physically do that. And so for those of us who, when we hear reports like this or discussions like this and other discussions in the past come up, when you think about the Black Lives Matter protest and George Floyd and all the riots and 
the debate as to whether all lives matter or black lives matter, whether or not blue lives matter, all this sort of stuff. And we're reminded of things that were said. We're reminded of Congress women, Congress men who, not just people in Congress, but people in city governments like in Minneapolis or Seattle or some of these other far left far left cities that have abandoned, completely abandoned their police force, saying that they want to completely defund them and so on and so forth. We remember these things. We understand who's saying what. And so when there's an actual concern about what a police organization or what a law enforcement agency, especially a federal law enforcement agency is doing, when we suddenly have questions about how this appears, the historical relevance of this, suddenly these folks in the media just become the most ardent defenders of law enforcement that you have ever seen. And so Chris Wallace is having this discussion with these other two uh, well, folks here, John Berman and Brianna Kyler on CNN. I want, I want you to listen to this, and we're going to discuss this. This is about a minute clip, but just the audacity of some of this stuff is hard to, well, it's obvious, but it's hard to truly, for a free-thinking person who's a, you know, paid attention to the news, listened to narratives, not just over the past week, but over the past several years, to listen to this is just mind-boggling. It is mind-boggling that they think that they can get away with this or that they truly, maybe they just don't see the true levels of hypocrisy and just the double standard that they have. So that being said, here's this conversation with Chris Wallace and a couple of CNN anchors that probably no one watched, but here you go. Well, I mean, you know, again, we're talking about a party that is, has hit uh, Democrats for not supporting backing the blue, mm. for not supporting law enforcement. Here we have people doing their job. And, you know, let's make it clear again. Let's make it clear. This was not a raid. This was a very carefully vetted search. They went to a judge. Mm -hmm. They got a search warrant. They went uh, in. They apparently had notified the Secret Service at, le at least an hour at ahead of time. They specifically, uh, reportedly, were concerned to do it when the former president was not on the premises and went in and did it. They, they basically did it by the book. You can argue. They might have defended shooting him if he was on the premises, as Chris Wallace has articulated there. They're so careful. I'm using hyperbole here, folks. But what is this stuff? I mean, the, he's going out of his way here. There, there are some glaring problems with this, but he's just glossing over them. This was done by the book. I've, I've cut him off here, but let's play the rest of this. Argue as to whether they should have done it at all, but they did it by the book. And the idea that this is, is being seen as some huge, and the word has literally been used, Gestapo tactic right. by the FBI is just so out of touch with the reality You're out of, of what happened. Reality. Yeah. And they're yeah. playing with fire when they're talking about this. We see that happening yesterday. Chris, always great to they're have playing with fire. So Republicans are playing with fire because they raise questions about the FBI and the rationale and reasoning for doing this raid on on Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. Now, I want you to, I'm going to go back and play a part of this because Chris Wallace, in the midst of all this defending the FBI, telling us that it's been done by the book, in the midst of all of this, he lets slip 
one little sentence here. Right, It's right where I interrupted him, by the way. But he says, he says, you could argue that they shouldn't have done it, but you can't say that they didn't do it by the book, which to me is absolute idiocy. And all due respect to Chris Chris Wallace here, I'm not, he's, I think, generally a fair-minded, I mean, he's a fair-minded guy as much as he can be. Um, you know, I think there's pressures uh, that, that exist inside of his bubble that, make him feel like if I just think the pressures are there to 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 subconsciously agree with or maybe even outright agree with that those on the left those that are on the, the side of power in this city they're the ones that I that are really smart these Republicans are stupid I'm trying to Chris Wallace might think I'm trying to present this fairly but man these hayseed hicks in the Republican Party I think that that's that's really where he's coming from on this stuff but it blinds him to some things that are very obvious to me. So I want to want to play this line that I again I interrupted last time, and just listen to what he says. You can, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but basically he says you can say they shouldn't have done it, meaning the FBI should not have raided Mar-a-Lago. But he says you can't say they didn't do it by the book. That is disconnected from reality. Let me let me play this, and I'm going to talk. And Oz is pointing out that it's time to take a break. But here he is. Listen to this did it by the book. You can argue as to whether they should have done it at all, but they did it by the book. And the idea that this is, is being seen as some huge, and the word has literally been used, Gestapo tactic right. by the FBI is just so out of touch with the reality. Okay, of- enough of that. So he's saying, you can, he, you can say that they shouldn't have done it, but they did it by the book. My friends, in this country, may I point out the glaringly obvious here that Chris Wallace doesn't seem to acknowledge or recognize or realize or whatever. If it shouldn't have been done, it wasn't done by the book. Listen to, listen to these words. Okay, when you arrest, let's say you're in law enforcement and you arrest someone and you do not read them their Miranda rights or if you do something that is not procedurally correct. Anything that comes from that interaction from that moment on can be thrown out of court. You can have a a suspect confess, but if you didn't read their Miranda rights, they did not hear their Miranda rights, then they can potentially, a lawyer can get in front of a judge and say that that confession is inadmissible in court because the client or the suspect was not made aware of his or her rights. And so when you say, it's like it's like saying, I didn't get a warrant, but I did it all by the book. That is, those are conflicting statements. The warrant, having the warrant, now I'm not suggesting they didn't have a warrant here. Please don't misunderstand me, but I'm saying those two things go hand in hand. So they, they make an appeal to authority. So because a judge issued this warrant to do this because that was issued worth to immediately just assume automatically that the judge followed the law or that the judge had probable cause or that this is even something that the federal bureau of investigation should be bothering with there has never been anything in american history that is remotely close to this with a former president being 
targeted by whatever Chris Wallace wants to call it, a raid or a legitimate search or what have you for documents. And this is just scratching the surface, my friends. For documents that they say are classified, but folks, the president of the United States is the one that determines what is classified. He's the head of the executive branch. And there's something else going on here with that. There's, I don't have time to get into it now, but I will get into it with the rest of the show. I do think that there's there's confusion on this, but there's also this willingness, this readiness to push upon the American people that not even the president of the United States can operate at the top of the bureaucratic state, meaning the president of the United States is subject to the very bureaucratic state that he is in charge of. That is not the way our system was made. And I dare I say, this is dangerous sort of stuff. Now, you can say the president shouldn't have tried to, you know, he says he has a standing order to, to de- uh, declassify things that he took to his his home to work on. And I've got a soundbite of John Solomon on Hannity reading that uh, statement from President Trump over, uh, I think it was on Friday evening. But there is a lot of intentional confusion here. There is a lot of mis- general misunderstanding. And I'm happy to help walk you through it this morning or whenever you're listening, this evening, today, whenever. And I think it's important. Actually, I don't think. I know it's important. Timeout is in order. It's also important for me to take that break. So, We'll come back, we'll pick up where we left off here, and we will, again, there's several things I want to get into with this today, but time is telling me it's it's uh, time to take a break. So sit tight, my friends. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So let's get back into this. And by the way, I should mention, should mention that there is... I guess a legal doctrine or some guidelines. I don't know the correct term, but there's a something called the free of the poisonous, or excuse me, the, the fruit of the poisonous tree. And basically, if evidence is collected illegally, say someone didn't have a search warrant, um, that evidence evidence is not admissible. It's the fruit of the poisonous tree. We don't we don't want to start having our government take these actions. Now, again, I'm not saying that the the search warrant was issued by a judge, but does that mean that every search warrant issued by every judge is, is legitimate? Should this not have to stand up to scrutiny? Yes, it should, especially when it is so important when you look at the balance of powers. When you, when you look at this story, this narrative, in totality, when you look at the fact that Trump, when he was president, when he was a candidate, and you look at the things that this government has done to President Trump, from again, we've gone through some of these things, from spying on his campaign, for from using a false dossier paid for by his political opponent as the starting point to perpetrate this stupid, and I called it stupid from day one, and you knew it was too, but this stupid Russian collusion stuff. I said, forget about whatever these, you know, 
this discussion of what happened back from those those days years ago, to me, it was patently obvious that the story was stupid for lots of reasons. But the top reason for me was this is not how you carry out an actual conspiracy. You don't get a bunch of, say, bank robbers together, for example, and say, you know what, we're going to park our car out front here and we're going to wait... We're going to wait until enough random people walk into the bank and make withdrawals because we sent them, maybe we sent them Facebook messages that said, hey, you should go withdraw some money today from 9 to 10 and sit out there and wait for them to come out and then hope that they do it. It just makes no sense. The way that you do a conspiracy, the way that you collude, if that's the, that's the word of the day, the way that you collude on things as it pertains to elections is the last step involves changing the counts or it involves casting ballots illegally, stuffing ballot boxes. The last phase of a campaign, a collusion effort to conspire and collude, is not to hope your ad campaign works. This is the stupidest thing. Stupidest thing. I don't know how in the world, other than just desire, People wanted it to be true. People like Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton and whoever else, the media. But Trump faced this stuff from day one, and it never stopped. He had, again, I mentioned the spying. I mentioned the Russian collusion. We had impeachment one, impeachment two. Now he's out of the White House. Now he's out of the White House, and he's still... He's still in the crosshairs. He's still he's become the only president now to be uh, have the FBI sicked upon him by the next administration, which this administration acts like they had no idea, which makes no sense because Merrick Garland admitted, which some say that's not even true. Who knows? There's a lot of stuff going on here that we still don't know. And dare I say, we may never know. But we do know this. The people in power are liars. The people in power have abused their power. The people in power have abused their power in going after President Trump. Now, does that mean President Trump is as pure as the wind-driven snow and has never made an error? Has, you know, He's never done anything that needs to be criticized? No, that doesn't mean any of that. But to... But to refuse to look at it and say, hmm, I see a pattern here. I see a pattern of how this government is handling this particular president. And you can connect the dots and say, wow, the reason that they don't like this guy is because he kind of went after them. He exposed them. He called them the swamp and the deep state. He exposed them for who they are. And there's some nasty people, folks, nasty people in our government. There's nasty people everywhere, which, of course, begs the question, if there's nasty people everywhere in any, there's nasty people in, I I don't want to mention denominations, but I just saw another denomination that's dealing with some sexual abuse, a church denomination. There's bad people in, in churches. Like, this should not surprise anybody. Just like there's bad people in government. And what's really scary about that is when you look at the power and the the unchecked power that's available with the way that this country is moving, the powers that we're granting the, you know, executive 
branch to send the FBI. See, this is why I have a problem with this, to send the FBI to target president, the previous president, to get rid, to go in and raid his personal residence to get something that they say is classified that the president, President Trump, could have absolutely changed the classification on that because the classification comes from the top of the executive branch. I mean, to act like this was the only alternative, when you go to send the FBI at somebody, and of course you look at people like Paul Manafort and Roger Stone and the encounters they've had with the Federal Bureau of Investigation and the federal government and all this sort of stuff, people like Project Veritas, and you look at this and there's a consistent theme. If you're named Hillary Clinton or Hunter Biden or uh, Eric Swalwell or take your pick, other corrupt politician that's a leftist, you can do whatever you want. Doesn't matter. Never any ramifications. Never. But if you're connected with Donald Trump or you're connected to the Republican Party or you're conservative, the standards are much different. That should terrify everybody. Whether you want to defeat conservative ideas, good luck on that, by the way, especially when truth is on our side. But even if you want to do that, do it. Let's have a fair fight. Hot shots. Let's 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 debate this in the light of day. You don't want to because your ideas are inferior. That's the truth. That's the truth. And so that's the concern here. These are the concerns here. The abuse of power is obvious. So I want to, there's other things I want to get to with this. This is like peeling an onion. It's layers and layers. But Chris Wallace is exactly wrong. By the way, what makes this, why people say it's a Gestapo tactic, is because the starting premise that says we, it does, you know, you, Chris Wallace admitted, he acknowledged that it could possibly, you could argue that it shouldn't have been done. That is the whole point. The Gestapo tactics were when the governmental federal police, federal law enforcement, were doing things that they shouldn't have done. Yes, when they got in there and started looking around, yes, they documented things the right way. Yes, they checked off the list the right way, but they shouldn't have been there to begin with. We shouldn't, they, they shouldn't have been able to do the things that they were allowed to do. Just like these FBI agents should have never been in the Trump, well, in Trump's Mar-a-Lago. I don't see what's so hard to understand about this. I understand that people want Trump nailed to the wall on this. I understand that they don't want this guy to run for office. I understand they're terrified of him. They hate him and everything else. But this is craziness what we're witnessing here. And I'm really long in this segment. Oz has done her best to keep me on track. She has basically thrown up her hands here. So quick timeout. Be back in just a minute. Welcome back. Trying to make sense or navigate this Trump, Mar-a-Lago, FBI raid, all this stuff. So on Friday... John Solomon was on Hannity, and he had gotten a notification or something from, you can see this now in other places, but it was hot off the presses, as we once said, uh, Friday evening. And he read this live on Hannity, um, the statement from 
Trump, and I want to play this. You may have heard this, but just um, this is what Trump had said regarding the documents that the FBI and that the media and so forth are saying these are classified documents. Trump's, of course, probably selling them to Russia and everything else. This is, again, standard standard operating procedures here. But this is Solomon, John Solomon, uh, reading that statement on Hannity. As we can all relate to everyone, to, as, as we can all relate to, everyone ends up having to bring home their work from time to time. American presidents are no different. President Trump, in order to prepare the work the next day, often took documents, including classified documents, to the residents. He had a standing order. There's the word I've been looking for. That documents removed from the Oval Office and taken to the residents were deemed to be declassified the moment he removed them. The power to classify and declassify documents rests solely with the President of the United States. The idea that some paper-pushing bureaucrat with classification authority delegated by the President needs to prove that the classification is absurd. I asked around over the last... He's right. So that's that's John Solomon reading the statement from Trump, basically, that said, hey, this, the documents that we would take out of the out of the White House to work on over the weekend or whatever was happening, they were, I have a standing order, they said, that those would be declassified. Now, so basically the narrative now is that there's this long, lengthy process by which something is determined to be, you know, have its classification changed, meaning if it was classified at one point in time, there's a lengthy process whereby it can be declassified here's the thing and this this really more people need to understand this the problem we we don't have a bureaucratic well we do have a bureaucratic state this is why i rail against this um it's The things that the bureaucratic state does today were implemented by previous administrations, where maybe in some cases Congress had abdicated its authority and said, hey, executive, go ahead, continue to build the bureaucratic state, to the point to where now it's acceptable in some circles to say that the president is subject to the bureaucratic state. Now, the president... The president is subject – oh, boy, this gets – you get into some constitutional theory here. But the president just can't break laws willy-nilly. There's accountability, especially insofar as whether or not he is abusing his his constitutional authorities. But he is the chief – the CEO. He is at the top of the executive branch. The bureaucratic state – exists (laughs) exists <laughs> I, I don't like to say it this way but the the reasons that the bureaucratic state has grown at least in theory is because the work of the executive branch headed up by the president needed it those think of all the acronyms fbi cia dhs whatever all those things are supposed to support the executive function of our government which has one, I guess two with vice president, but they're on one ticket, one elected official. The one person that's held accountable to the American people is the president. I suppose you could argue the vice president, 
but it's not all these other individuals. So the, the people underneath the chief executive officer do not have the authority to tell that person that can't be done. Now, there's legitimate battles between Congress and the White House or the White House and the Supreme Court or the Supreme Court and Congress. And these things, there sometimes there's legitimate cases to be made for both both branches. You know, this in this case, this has to be done or whatever. You know, there, there can be some legitimate question marks. But the president of the United States ultimately is the head. This, this is not even in dispute, but he can declassify information. Now, someone can say, why on earth is he declassifying this? Why on earth did we have a president? I'm not suggesting this should, is the conclusion you should draw, but it's certainly one that you can draw. Why do we, why would we want someone doing these things? That's a fair assessment. You could also say we don't, you know, we don't want to vote for someone who did this or whatever. But to act like the president can't do this has a fundamental, there's a fundamental misunderstanding as to what kind of, what we have. We don't have, we don't have a bureaucratic state. We don't have four branches of government. We don't have a bureaucratic state that holds the president in check. The bureaucratic state, in theory, is to help the president execute his responsibility, her responsibility as head of that particular branch. And the problem is it's grown way out of control, and we have so many people and moving parts and interests and people who are making decisions that are nameless faces, people that are never going to be held accountable, they can't be held accountable because we don't know who they are many times. And then if someone like Trump goes to fire them, the left loses their mind. How dare he go to fire this person? But he's in charge. <laughs> he's in charge of the executive branch. I think this is, I think it's partially misunderstanding. I think it's partially in. It, designed to be intentionally deceptive. So, timeouts in order. Long in this segment. Back in just a minute, my friends. Back, my friends, Oz is behind the scenes peppering me with, with questions, some of which I admit I don't have the answers to. But what they want you to think, ultimately, what they want us to think about Trump is that he said, hey, before I leave the White House, let me... Let me go thumbing through everything. Let me find some really secretive information. Secretive information. Top secret nuclear codes. You've seen that sort of stuff floating around out there. Let me grab that. And then because they want you, again, they've, they've invested everything in this. They've invested everything in telling you, telling us, telling me, telling the American people that Trump is a criminal. I mean, we're just... He's guilty until proven innocent. This is how they do this. And so they want you to think, well, he's going to, you know, he's he's stolen this stuff. He's looking for a, the highest bidder, probably going to sell it to Vladimir Putin, whatever else, right? I mean, this is, this is how this is being framed up to, to work. And it's, it's, there, there's always some, some things that sometimes have to go back to the official presidential records. I mean, again, I think it's hard for us to understand. This is every second of every day. 
of for four years or eight years that you're in this position. And so you may have taken notes on something. Um, you may have taken something home to work on it and, you know, in any number of, of legitimate reasons why you would still have it. But what they want you to think is he's got it, he's hidden, you know, he's hidden it, he's trying to get it to Putin, he's trying to sell it, he's trying to, you know, harm the United States of America, probably cause another insurrection. This is, they've invested everything in this, right? And that, there's no evidence to believe any of that. There's no evidence. When in reality, when in reality, a simple discussion could have could have done wonders in this particular circumstance. You know, the, it's not all cut and and dry sometimes, right? I mean, there just for example, like this whole thing about January sixth and um, you know, executive privilege. They want you to think that Trump's running around telling everybody not to not to say anything to the committee because. Because there's something to hide, when in reality, there are, there is legitimate reason for certain correspondence and communication and whatever else to. It's not in, under the purview of Congress. Now, certain things can be, but certain things may not be, because the president does not answer to Congress. But at the same time, he has to in certain circumstances. That's why we have three separate but equal branches. And so it's sometimes there can be legitimate areas of misunderstanding and agreement. And what appears to me to have happened here is that they've seen a political opportunity to make hay about this and to, to make the headline Trump stole classified information, throw the word nuclear code, throw the word Russian collusion or Vladimir Putin in the headline, and suddenly it goes along with all the other crap they've been telling us for all these years. Trump doing something else for Russia, Trump trying to personally enrich himself when Trump's net worth decreased during his years in the White House. That's that's incredibly rare. In fact, I would dare say in modern history that doesn't happen. These folks leave office richer than when they came in. Not Trump, but Trump's the one that we're supposed to believe is the one who's out there selling top secret you know, very sensitive American information to the highest bidder, to Russia, Putin himself, whatever. Simply, there's no evidence for this. But they want you to believe it without questioning it because they've invested just drip, 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 drip for all these years. Trump, Russia, Trump, Russia, Trump collusion, Trump crook, Trump trying to make money. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. You know, ultimately, when I think about the government, well, the FBI, the government, the bureaucratic state in general, and how they've handled President Donald Trump all of these years, I just, to me, this is the case of the boy who cried wolf. This is this is what this is. They have tried to terrify and blow out of proportion so many things consistently for so long. They have lost absolute credibility with me. And no, it's not because I don't trust the people who are doing the work on the, you know, at the grassroots level. I don't trust the leaders and neither should anyone listening to my voice. These folks are corrupt to the core. I got to go. STG. See you tomorrow. Take care.